child and adolescent mental health disorders. 60% with depression and 80% with anxiety. I just felt kids. numb to the kids world. Kids being bullied sometimes to It death. seems the passage of time has only made bullying I've worse. I've seen a lot of bullying happen. This is an issue that touches just about every family There's just a constant country. pressure, I guess, with everybody. It takes a lot of guts to talk about this. Welcome to Teen Talk, a podcast platform by teens for teens, where we have a chance to be heard. That's right. Real teens talking about real life, meeting teenagers where we are, and engaging in real conversations with each other and for each other. Our moderator is Jason Hopkins, president and CEO of National Alliance on Mental Illness, Arapahoe and Douglas Counties. He's also the president and founder of The Connection Project. We will explore the topics that matter most to teens today. It is a podcast for teens, by teens, proudly sponsored by Jade Recovery and Mountain High Appliance. Our goal is to meet you where you are and reinforce that you are not alone. We will discuss relevant topics, share personal stories, and inspire hope. Today I'm talking with teens who have made it their mission to stop the teen suicide epidemic. These youth crusaders are aligned with an organization called Robbie's Hope, which is an uprising of teens with a primary goal to cut teen suicide rates in half by 2028. My hope for this conversation is that we inform, educate, and let others know they are not alone. Also, our goal today is to help parents and adults better understand how we talk about a topic that all too often goes unspoken. Their tagline is, it's okay to not be okay. Robbie's Hope is focused on the conversation that needs to be had and has created a handbook on how to do just that. Welcome. I'm grateful to have you here today, and thank you for the valuable work you're doing. Before we jump in, can you tell us a little bit about how Robbie's Hope came to be? Um, so we created Robbie's Hope um, a couple weeks after Robbie took his life because we knew we had to do something. Okay. And so we got a bunch of kids all around schools together and we would sit and we would have meetings and we'd break up into like smaller groups and just discuss. And it's just like a safe place for us. And from those discussions, we created a handbook on how adults should talk to teens. That's awesome. Anything to add to that? No, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Okay. So what makes the work at Robbie's Hope different from other suicide prevention and awareness organizations from your perspective? Um, I would say the fact that it's teenagers is a really different perspective. I think a lot of times adults and parents are trying to run the conversation because they're the ones that are trying to help the most. But the fact that teenagers are running this and actually taking the initiative makes it really unique, I think. So really, across the spectrum, you guys have advised the conversation around how to have these conversations um, with your peer groups and with parents and adults and so forth, right? Yeah. Okay. So your tagline is, it's okay to not be okay. Can you explain what that means at Robbie's Hope and why is it important to the work you're doing? Um, I think it just shows that Everyone goes through tough times and it's like going to happen one day and you just need to accept that it's okay not to be okay. You're going to have rough days, but it's how you manage those rough days to make them into better days. I love that. So basically it's calling out that not every day is going to be a good day. Yeah. What do you think about that tagline? Um, I think it's really important that people read that because a lot of times when I'm upset, I really don't want to reach out because I don't want to burden people. But reading that it's okay not to be okay, it just is a really big motivator for me to want to tell people my problems. And I think it's a universal thing for most people. 
Right. So I know you mentioned a minute ago that you guys created a handbook on how to have these conversations. What are some other things that Robbie's Hope does to engage teens? Like how do teens get involved or get connected with an organization like this? We have a really big online presence. We use social media a lot. And um, we've been expanding. We call them Hope Groups, which are basically those were the original meetings that we started and we, they've been popping up all over Colorado, and we've been branching out to other states. So that's been a really big thing. And our website has a lot of good links for them to use and sure. stuff like that. So how did you guys both get connected with Robbie's Hope? So I was good friends with Robbie. We went to high school together. We had, he was my Spanish partner. Okay. And it just took all of us by surprise because you could never see it. Like I was talking to him that night and didn't even see it. And so I just, like, realized that, like, we need to do something. And then Kari, like, reached out and she said, hey, we're starting, like, a group to talk about this because it is hard for everyone. And so we started talking and then you could bring friends and they'd have, like, pizza and you just get around together and talk. So really it started as a social group to get together and really discuss what was going on. You mentioned that you were friends with Robbie and you talked to him the night the night of or before and didn't really recognize anything. As you've sort of unpacked that in reflection, are there things that you might have recognized or could have recognized had you known what you know now? Um, I mean, I've thought about it a lot, but I like I did ask him, I was like, hey, like, are you OK? And he just said he just was overwhelmed with school. Right. And so I was like, OK. And then he's like, well, like, I'm going to get going. So I was like, OK, like text me like when whenever you're done doing whatever and then I didn't hear back from him and then uh the next day our mutual good friend reached out to me wow I can't imagine what that must have been like for you yeah it was hard (laughs) I bet so how did you get involved with Robbie's Hope um I'm actually neighbors with Robbie's family but I didn't know Robbie personally okay and so my friend who lives actually two houses down from Robbie I was staying at her house and she saw a post on social media about it from the Eckerts about how we were going to meet for the first one and just talk about everything and get a group started. And so we both just decided it was something really important and it hit home for both of us. And so we just decided to go and I've been going ever since. And it's just, I think it's a really good program because even if you didn't know Robbie, like everybody knows somebody who's struggling if it's not yourself. So. Right. Well, I mean, I think statistically everyone struggles with something. Yes. So all of us are struggling with something. I, yeah. I love that you guys are doing that work. How how fantastic. So let's talk about the handbook. Can it, tell, tell everybody what the handbook is and really what it aims to do. So it's a handbook written by teens to basically like bridge the gap between teens and adults because okay. I feel like there's like a lot of misunderstanding from teens trying to talk to adults or adults trying to talk to teens and so it just helps adults understand what the teens are going through now and how they would like to address some like situations so it's pretty practical steps to Mm -hmm. addressing this topic yeah i would say that it's pretty important because of the teens being the one that wrote it so the objective of it is to really just have an honest conversation with your teen and um i think it's a two-way street that both the teen and the parent has to meet in the middle and this is just steps to make sure that can happen 
Sure. So if I'm a parent, walk me through, if I pick this handbook up, what should I expect to, to get out of it? So, well, when reading it, you'll learn to ask open-ended questions, okay. which is like, ask your teen, tell me about your day instead of saying, how was your day? Okay. Because when you say, how was your day? They're just going to say, good. But when you say, tell me about your day, then they start to like, kind of, oh, I don't know that word, but like they just start to open up, open up. Exactly. And you'll get more out of them than a simple answer. Okay. So from your perspective, is that helpful? Yeah. I think when people ask, how are you? It's more of just a nice thing to do. They don't really care and you don't really want to explain it. So and you may not even really want to know. Yeah. yeah. So it's just asking open-ended questions is a way better way to start an actual conversation. Right. So asking open-ended questions, that's one step. What else would the handbook help us with? Uh, seeing warning signs, because there's a few that are pretty obvious, I think, but a lot of them are not something you would expect to see. And so reading this book can help the parents identify just to ask the child how they're doing and just to see what's going through their head at the time before it becomes an actual serious problem. Right. So I know this is a topic that's really uncomfortable for a lot of people to talk about. And, and a lot of parents just not that they're not interested. They don't know. Um, and, and you had had the conversation with Robbie the, the night of and really didn't even know mm -hmm. either. Um, so can you give me some examples of what are some warning signs that parents or adults might be looking for? Well, Basically, they don't find joy in the activities they've normally been doing. Okay. If they're not hanging out with friends as much or they just don't want to go to like a basketball game or something. Those are signs because they'd rather stay at home and just hide out. Hide out. Yeah. Yeah. The loss of their passion in something that they used to love, I think, is probably the biggest one in here because it's something that you don't really think about. Because maybe they're just getting older and maybe they're just losing interest. But a lot of the time it's just, it's a lack of motivation, which is a really big sign that they okay. need help. Yeah. So things that they used to be passionate about that they're not anymore. Yes. So that sounds a lot like what we identify as depression in most people. Is it different than that or is it the same? And I'm wondering what I'm trying to get to is how would you... Um, have that conversation around asking if your teen was depressed versus are you having thoughts of suicide? Well, first of all, I think where to have the conversation also really matters okay. because some kids don't want to be in a car with their parents because they feel trapped. Right. And so they'll just shut down. But also I feel like the sign of depression is also just like one step further to the actual action okay. of suicide. And so if you catch it early enough, then you can just talk to them about it and see how they want to handle it okay. before reaching the final step. So really make them engaged in the conversation from the beginning. Exactly. So you mentioned, you know, the right time and place to have these conversations. What are the right time and place to have these conversations? I think it really depends on the kid. For myself, I feel most comfortable at my house, in okay. my room, but the aspect of being around other people or being like not attacked but being ambushed almost when you're doing homework or when you're already mm -hmm. stressed out is a really bad idea so it's just finding the line with your child on when they're in a good mood and they're willing to open up 
but it's just a, it's really depends on who you are. So it's kind of a case by case basis. Yeah. So what about the teen who doesn't want to talk about it, that you recognize some clear warning signs and you want to engage or talk to them, but they don't want to? What do you do then? I say, well, they're obviously probably talking to one of their friends at least. And I know kids don't like when parents like talk to their friends because it's like not cool or something. But that if that's the only way you can reach to your child, then you might as well just give it a try. Because they're trying to help their friend and you're trying to help your, like, child. So you at least have one common thing. And then from there, you can maybe both address it to it. Right. So if a friend of yours' parent reached out to you, would you all feel comfortable having a conversation about if you knew your friend was struggling? Yeah. You would? I would say to a certain extent, if if I knew my friend was in danger, I would 100% tell the parent that. But I don't think... There's certain things between friends that I think sure. are told between friends because it's a different level of comfort than with your parents. So if a parent reached out to me, I would tell them if it was a serious thing or if I just if I could handle it. But I know the line between when a parent or an adult needs to be involved versus when it's just the teenagers. Right. Right. That makes sense. So. You know, are there things that parents or adults should not do when trying to have these conversations? Yeah, I think a lot of parents make the mistake of talking about their past. Okay. And be like, oh, well, when I was a kid or like when I was growing up, this didn't happen. And they try to like not put themselves in the child's shoes. They right. always think about what they are like talking about in a way. And so... Instead of giving your full attention to the child and listening to the child, they automatically like switch the subject onto them. Okay, so they don't really stay present in exactly. what they're talking about. So I guess I have to ask, what do you think's contributing to the suicide epidemic that we're having? I mean, are there some things that you've identified in doing this work that seem glaring or obvious? Uh, definitely social media. Okay. Takes a really big toll. Mm-hmm. Seeing the ideal person online every day is it's you don't realize it at the time, but then when you have your lower points and then everything comes back, your you, self confidence is a really big part of depression. I think. Right. So social media being like this beauty standard or the expectation, it's just looking like everybody looks at it when they wake up in the morning and when they go to bed. Right. So mm-hmm. it's just a constant flow. Of it's information. like a constant reminder, too. Yeah. So. Well, and we've talked about social media a lot, and it's kind of the common theme that ends up in every one of our conversations. And what I like to look at it as is it's a highlight reel of everybody's kind of best version of their life. Exactly. Yeah. Which is not necessarily reality. Um, so we're developing our esteem from a highlight reel, which obviously contributes to poor mental health, poor self-image, um, et cetera. Um, so any other things that you think are contributing to this epidemic? I think um, parents nowadays have a lot of high expectations for their child. Okay. Because I know like probably like a while ago, not as many kids ended up going to college. But now if you talk to any kid, they're going to college no matter what. Right. And so I think it's just higher expectations, which put more pressure on the child. Right. So there's a lot of expectation to go on and not just finish high school, but to go on and do something else and pressure to make something of your life. And I can imagine that's 
daunting. And plus, like, they're asking, like, oh, like, what are you going to major in? Like, what school? And you're only, like, in high school. And it's a big <laughs> thing to talk about, like, your future when you don't even know, like, you're just trying what to get you're going to wear day. tomorrow or something. Yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. What do you think? I would agree with that. I think, for me, the pressure from my parents mostly has to do with grades and taking really hard classes. So I'm a junior this year and taking four AP classes and the rest of them are honors. It's insane. I don't know why I did that, but I just have this mental thing where I have to impress my parents or I have to be straight A student all the time and I have to be in sports and in all these extracurriculars. And I know that my parents would love me if I didn't take them. But it's just this pressure that after a while I'm I'm putting on myself. Right. And so it's just it's really hard to be happy and also be stressed out and doing 10 hours of homework. Right. Right. Well, I think this is a valuable conversation we've had. What what else do you think parents should know or adults should know about this conversation that we haven't touched on? Um, I think we've covered most of it, yeah. Are there other resources that you think are, are should be available? Um, we have a lot of anonymous resources, which okay. I think are honestly probably the best because part of the problem is you don't want to have to admit that you're feeling this way. And so being able to text somebody anonymously that is trained and knows how to help you is honestly really beneficial. Right. I would agree with that. So for more information, you can go to robbies-hope.com. It's R-O-B-B-I-E-S dash hope h-o-p-e dot com i want to thank the teens that have joined us here today their courageous work here um, in doing this work around suicide prevention and awareness and for more information check robbie's hope.com out thanks thank you thank you if you or someone you know is struggling or in crisis please contact colorado crisis services they can be reached by text at 38255 or by phone at 844-493- 8255. For a complete list of resources, visit 1043thefan.com, cozy101.com, or kygo.com and click on Mental Health Awareness located under the Strengthening Families page. The Teen Talk Podcast is presented by the Public Affairs and News Department of Bonneville, Denver. Please don't text and drive.